You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Okay, welcome back everyone to another episode of The Homeschool Dropout. Today, our guest is my cousin, Kara Forrester. Kara, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. For the listeners, I'll give a little bit of background about Kara real quick. Kara homeschooled up in Alaska with a previous guest, Jeremy Anderson. Jeremy, in that episode, shares a really great perspective on studying public education in his master's. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back. I think it's episode three. Well worth your time to listen to that one again. Kara graduated with her high school diploma, and then afterwards, she got her bachelor's in exercise and wellness. Following that, she graduated with her master's in sports conditioning and performance. And while she was getting her master's and in school, she owned and managed her own CrossFit gym for about four years. And then currently, she's a personal trainer doing health and wellness online and is the co-owner of a new project that we'll get into. That's really cool. It's a resource for pregnant and postpartum women to support them in the gym and overall wellness. And then it also focuses on training trainers to support women better in their own health journeys as being mothers. So anything that I missed there, Kara? No, that sounds pretty good. Okay, well, why don't you go ahead and take the listeners through your background in homeschooling? What was that like? And how were those early years in your education? Okay, yeah. So I'm the oldest of eight kids. And so when I was approaching grade school age, my mom started thinking, you know, where am I going to put my daughter for school? All these things. Her sister or mom <laughs> actually was homeschooling you and your siblings. And so she, you know, had a lot of influence from your mom and just decided she wanted to homeschool her kids. She wanted to have control over what they were learning, how they were learning it, and just making sure that we were in a good environment and being taught the things that she believed that we should know. So I was homeschooled ever since I was, you know, in preschool all the way through my senior year of high school. I did attend one class my freshman year at the high school, which I really enjoyed. And I probably would have done more, but being the oldest of eight, my mom had a lot of other kids to take care of and she always forgot to pick me up at school. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember when we were younger, you know, my mom, she helped teach me how to read, the basics of reading, writing, and math. And then after that, we just pick out the curriculum that I was going to study for the year. And then she would kind of manage me as I did it on my own. Was that more the high school years where you were picking out curriculum and then she was providing accountability throughout the course of the school year? Yeah, so that was more high school. I would say earlier grade school, she was way more involved. But we also, you know, we were part of a charter school. And so we had a tutor that checked in with us pretty often to see where we were at. And my mom also enrolled us into a co-op. Just her and a bunch of her friends who were also homeschooling their kids. We would meet at our church every Thursday. And each mom would pick a subject and she'd teach, you know, we'd rotate and she would teach. And it was so fun. My mom's a dietitian. That's her degree. She's a registered dietitian. So she taught us nutrition and chemistry because that's what, you know, is involved in that. Another one of the moms was an English major. So we did Shakespeare and writing and all this stuff with them. And then we did biology. And it was really fun to just be with my friends all the time. And our moms taught us. And then afterwards, the moms got to hang out and we went outside and played in the snow. So I just remember those moments really clearly because it was it was just a lot of fun doing that. 
So it sounds like you actually had a lot of socialization as a homeschooler. You were involved in the co-op, you were involved in your church group, you were involved in the charter school. Do you feel like you kind of missed out on any social aspects from being homeschooled? I mean, when I was in it, I would say mostly just in high school, even though, you know, I was involved in a lot of sports. I did a lot of sports at the high school, but I'd go to practice and I'd hear, you know, girls talking about, oh, we have you know, this dance coming up, or we, we did this in school today. And sometimes I'd feel a little bit like, dang it, I wish I was doing that. But I also went to prom, I also went to homecoming, like, I still was able to do those things. I remember one time actually talking to my mom about that and being like, I wish I could do those things. And she said, Kara, you, you are doing all the fun things that have to do with public school, while avoiding the things that are a waste of time, like you sit in class, for an hour when you could get that work done in 20 minutes and then move on or you're doing busy work or things like that or you have to deal with the drama this way you get to have your education and then you get to go in for the fun stuff like the dances and the sports and all that yeah. stuff and it's true <laughs> i did avoid i did get to avoid a lot of the drama that just happens you know in the halls and i guess in the classroom so yeah, definitely. I think there's really good aspects of public school and really strong reasons to go. And also, and there's trade-offs with everything. Yeah. You know, I don't think homeschool is a perfect system and it may not be for everyone, but it's really strong. And I think it can provide a really, really great path for kids if that's their choice and if families can support that. What would you have changed about your homeschool years? Like I said, I, I wish I had in high school done just a few more classes at school just to keep me that much more accountable by that time, you know, my mom had all the other kids she was homeschooling and she kind of just let me do my thing, which I did do most of it, but I did take a lot of naps. You know, I, I'm not very good at math, so I just didn't do my math very often because I hated it and I focused more on other things. I just wish I had, I guess, put more effort into that area of my education. Just the math side and the practical life skills of math, you know, like I never took advanced trigonometry or something, but I'm also not using that in my daily life. So yeah, just, I guess, more life skill math stuff. I wish I had put more effort into. Yeah, that's mostly it, I would say. I think it's a, a unique challenge for homeschool and homeschooling parents where you want to set your child up for success. You want them to have all the options available to them. And it's just sometimes hard to know where they want to go. Sometimes the child doesn't know where they want to end up. And so you're kind of grasping at straws a little bit. But then in addition, I, I think this is really hard in homeschool where as a parent, you know what things may potentially be useful, but you don't want to force your kid to learn it. You don't want to force the, you know, the regimen. That's kind of, for many parents, one reason why they left the system is they wanted more freedom. And so I, I do think that's challenging communicating a vision and kind of like the scope of real life that, hey, you likely will need these things one day. You may not need them now, but now is the best time to learn them. So I think that's hard as a parent. Yeah. And by that point, when I was in high school too, my mom had taken on the approach of student-driven learning. Whatever we were passionate in, she wanted us to just, you know, hit those hard, spend as much time as we want on those. And then she would still say, you know, it is good to know this and we should learn this still, but she didn't make us spend an hour doing that. Or, you know, it's not like it was an hour in math, an hour in this, an hour in that. It was go as far as you want. And let's say, I mean, I really loved anatomy. Go as far as you want in anatomy and then just make sure you get a little bit of this done too. So you can at least pass the standardized test. 
which also kind of brings up an interesting point. One day I was training a lady at my gym and she was asking me what school my daughter was known for. And my daughter was three, so I didn't know. And then I said, you know, we'll probably end up homeschooling. And she kind of goes, oh, she said, yeah, <laughs> we're thinking about it. I was homeschooled. And she goes, oh, that's so interesting. She said, yeah, my friend is a middle school counselor. And she told me that every kid that she evaluates that comes to middle school from homeschool is not hitting the standards. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, but in my head, I was just like, okay, first of all, like who, who sets those standards? Why are those the standards? You know, who sets those? Why are those the things that are deemed important and who deemed those important? What else are the kids learning? What else do they know? And that's just kind of the approach that I have taken in my education that I've given myself since high school when I'm in charge of my own education, I'm going to learn the things and reach the standard that I am setting for myself. Yeah, I think, I mean, there, there's so much packed into that story with like <laughs> stigma and homeschooling and taboo and almost confessing that you're a homeschooler. And, you know, there's, there's social expectations all wrapped up into homeschooling. And I totally agree with you. Who is deciding on these standards? Something that I've learned and really appreciate about homeschooling is the individual shines in homeschooling. You can cater to each person and we're not the same. We all learn differently and homeschooling allows you to kind of craft that education for yourself. I, I think, you know, this is kind of a sidebar a little bit, but in my own furthering education, I finished a book by Carl Jung, who's a really foundational psychologist in the early 1900s. And he has a whole book talking about how we have to be careful not to fall into what he calls the statistical man, meaning that statistics will never describe the individual. And in the end, we have to think about the individual because that's the only thing that's bearing life. Groups don't bear life. It's individuals that bear life. And I, I loved that. And I was like, that, that is homeschool where you shine as a person because you get to be your full person in homeschool at your own pace. Yes, 100%. I mean, even to my brother, David, he's a year younger than me. We started out going to the same math tutor who was an amazing person. He is just so smart, but I was not on the same playing field. Like, I just am not that good at math. And I need to stop saying that about myself because <laughs> <laughs> I think if I, you know, gave myself a different narrative, then I would have more success. <laughs> yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but, you know, David was just so smart in math and him and the math tutor they would just go off and my brother in middle school was taking college level courses in math and I'm still here like <laughs> barely grade level but it was cool because he really got to take that and shine and that has kind of directed the path of his life he loves entrepreneurship and business and he's able to take his love of numbers into that so yeah that was just really cool that he was able to do all that because if he was stuck in a classroom there's no way that his teacher would be able to give him that individualized attention that he needed and still keep the rest of the class afloat. Exactly. Like David could go at his own pace and you could go at your own pace. And it was okay that the paces were different, that not everyone needs to be good at math. And that being said, life at some point will demand math of you. It's just how life works. You know, you've got to fill up yeah. your car, you have to pay your bills. The numbers are there eventually, but not everyone needs calculus. Just that's plain and simple. You just don't need it. 
Okay, let's talk really quick about your lawn mowing experience. I think that that has a unique impact on your homeschooling life and how that all fit in. So can you give listeners a little bit of a kind of that background story? Yeah, so when my brother David was 12, he started working for a guy that we knew and just started mowing lawns for him. And eventually he decided, I'm going to do this on my own. I can make more money. And then right around the time that he decided to do that, that was right around 2008, My dad was in mortgages, you know, the whole housing crash. And so we were really hurting as a family for an income. And for us to be able to do the things we wanted to do as kids, such as, you know, sports, have equipment for that kind of stuff, you know, go on trips, go to college, things like that. We needed to be able to pay for that. So David started our lawn mowing business the whole time I was in high school and college. Actually, I'd come home from the summers for college and I'd mow lawn. It was me and my three siblings right under me. I mean, the first year I was 14 or 15, I didn't have my license. We literally, (laughs) we would push our lawnmowers around the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes. And we just have all of our gear just stacked on top of the lawnmowers. (laughs) And I just remember it was kind of embarrassing <laughs> professional lawn crews would drive by with like their oh, really nice man. trucks <laughs> and their trailers and we were just like look the other way <laughs> keep walking but um but yeah we were able to do that so I grew up in Alaska you know the mowing season ends a little bit earlier than other states but we had about a month where school was gone and we still had to mow lawns so with us being homeschooled we were able to get up early go out do our lawns come home do our school and then still be able to do our after-school activities, such as our sports, et cetera. So that was a really cool way for us to not only earn money for ourselves and for our families, but we also learned a lot about business. We learned a lot about communication, <laughs> how to get along with each other. And those are some of, you know, looking back, those were really awesome memories that I got to share with my siblings. And, and you know, we were outside, all that kind of good stuff, you know, being in nature and things like that. So It was a really good experience and we wouldn't have been able to do it as successfully as we did if we, you know, had to be at school. Yeah. And I think another really cool byproduct of that is it shows that life doesn't have these artificial boundaries around learning. Sometimes I feel like when you go to public school, you enter this brick and mortar or you sign into the class and you're like, okay, here is where I learn. Here is where I need to study and apply myself. But then it's, it's like physically and mentally separated from the real world Mm -hmm. where lawn mowing, it was you know, perhaps just kind of continuous where you woke up, you moved lawns, which is like, you're in the world, real world experience, you know, you have to cut the grass, you have to do it this way and kind of getting that gritty feeling about real life. And then you just transition right into school where now you're learning and it feels a lot more fluid. And I feel like it would just connect life a lot better than having these demarcations that that maybe don't serve us as much as we would hope they would. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't you know, think about it or grasp it at the time, but it was very impactful. And we did learn a lot as we were mowing. Okay. So let's talk about college now. You graduated from high school. How prepared did you feel for college? And did you feel like there were gaps that you had to close that came from homeschool? Yeah. So I, I just remember being terrified to go, not necessarily leave my state and go off on my own. I was excited for that. Just to enter the schooling world because you know, the formal schooling world, because Mm. I didn't know how prepared I was. Mm. I mean, I knew I got in. (laughs) I was like, okay, I made it (laughs) into college. (laughs) Now let's see if I could, you know, almost that imposter syndrome, like, should I be here? But honestly, after the first week, which is always kind of confusing anyway, because you're trying to figure out where you're going, 
orientation, just figuring out what's expected of you, I realized I got this. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, like, because you go to class in college and then you leave and they don't care if you, I mean, they somewhat care, but they're going to get paid whether you like pass or fail. You know, most professors aren't going to call your mom and say she didn't come to class today. You know, so it's really, it's up to you to show up. It's up to you to go home and do your homework and study and actually learn these things, these concepts and apply them. So really, other than just being pretty nervous about not being able to keep up, I I felt like, yeah, after that first week, I just realized, no, I can, I can do this. That's really rewarding. It's very cool to enter that space and be like, oh, I'm actually fine. I'm okay. And again, I, even socially, I wasn't that scared because you know, as we went through before, I, I had that co-op, I had church friends, I had sports and all that stuff to keep me socialized. I think everyone kind of attends college with a little bit of, wow, this is different. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an adult now. So it's a new phase of life. Yeah. And I would even say homeschool, and I said this in other episodes, listeners are probably getting sick of it. Accountability is so challenging in homeschool. But if the student and the parent and whoever is involved in education can really supply that, It transfers so well to college because like you said, no one's checking in, no one's asking, no one's tracking your syllabus for you, no one's looking at the assignments. In college, you don't know how much you have to study. And it's it's like a guessing game, like, well, do I need to study more? What could possibly be on the test? And there's a lot of aspects that I learned in like, oh, I can literally go to the professor in office hours and ask what is going to be on the test, you know, and like focus that study. That took me a while to figure out, but just aspects like that, there is a machinery in college. Check the syllabus, you have due dates, midterms don't happen all at the same time. Finals all happen at the same time. And kind of those mechanics are hard to get used to. But if you homeschooled and were used to that self-accountability, it's very seamless. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a friend that I train and she always is just telling me about her daughter. And I'm not saying this would be better if she was homeschooled. I don't know. But she's just telling me how her daughter is failing high school, which honestly, all she has to do is show up, but she's not, you know, and there's all these things that I just wonder, like, how prepared is she going to feel for college? Yeah. And and yeah, you know, it was overwhelming, the midterms, the finals, and you're moving in and you're moving out and all these things. But honestly, I think everyone felt the same amount of like, you know, this is kind of a stressful period. And then you just do it and then you move on from there. So I never felt behind or Like I wasn't at the same level as everyone else because I was homeschooled. Okay. So then let's talk about the period of your life where you were getting your master's, you're running your business. So you're a working mother and you're in school. Did you feel elements of homeschool kind of emerging there or, or by that point, were you just kind of in your own group? I mean, yeah, I think I just kind of went back to that's how I grew up. You just do it. And yeah, so my, my master's degree was online. So I didn't actually have to physically go. There was only two weeks during one of the semesters I had to be on campus, which was really fun. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was working as a trainer. We had just bought our gym. I just had a baby. I started my master's and I actually, I graduated with my master's a month after I had my second baby. So, you know, I was pretty busy throughout that whole period. But yeah, it's just those same concepts of you have to get it done. So you just find time to do it and you make that time the most effective you can. And obviously with little kids running around, you just do the best that you can. But I do think those skills that I've developed of knowing how to learn on my own were really helpful. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I felt similarly in my master's where due to COVID, much of it was online and I thrived. I was like, I can do this. I don't have to spend time driving. I don't have to like, like I was on campus occasionally to do research or and stuff like that and be in the lab. But for the most part, doing the coursework on my own was very manageable. It was very doable. And and I'll even say when you're in higher education, you you are truly studying what you love at that point. Yeah. And so I was like, I love this content. I love this class. And so it was a lot easier to get the work done. And and honestly, and I think learning and education is lifelong anyways. You have to develop those skills to learn and to know how to learn in the way that, you know, works best for you. And I would probably have been trying to learn most of the stuff that I learned in my master's anyways on my own for my business or because I was interested in it. And at the same time, too, I was doing like this really intensive coaches immersion class through a really cool company. Anyways, just helping me to be a better coach in my gym and business owner. So when you love it and it's what you do, then you'll obviously find ways to get it done. Yeah, those study skills were really helpful. Do you plan on homeschooling your own children? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I laughed because all growing up, I was like, oh, I do not want to <laughs> homeschool my kids. That's a lot of work. I would like some time alone, <laughs> you know, and even even this year, it's funny because people will say like, oh, but you can't wait till next year when, you know, your oldest goes to school. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to homeschool. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. So you won't ever have a break. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or I could work that into our homeschool and allow for myself to have a break. You know, right. we could have four days on, three days off. I can say, you know, on the last weekend of every month, I'm taking off or whatever. You know, you are in charge. You can build it out the way that you want. So yes, I do plan on doing that, especially with, you know, the things that have been happening lately, it started happening before 2020, you know, but it's become more escalated since 2020. Just all the politics that are involved in public school, you know, the government, they just have their hands in that. And I just think just like my mom, I want to be in charge of what my children learn. I want to be, you know, with them. I want to influence them. And so that's why I'm doing this. And my oldest is very social. So I do think she's going to be a little bit sad when her friends next year start going to school. But you know what? There are tons of people around us that homeschool. And I know I'm going to be able to find a group if I want, create a co-op, all this stuff. And I just have to get going on that. So it's all in place. And we can spend two hours doing school next year and then go to the lake or go outside and play the rest of the day. Cause she'll be in kindergarten. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be in school all day. Oh, I, I love it, Kara. I love that. You didn't succumb to like, oh, you'll never get a break. No, you're in charge. You choose your own life. Rest is very important so you can build that into your life. And then you touched on something else that I thought homeschool is it reaffirms for me a very special parent-child relationship where, you know, even if I disagree with the values being transmitted, parents get to transmit their values to their children. That's part of their role. And a value is going to be transmitted whether it's by you or a coach or a teacher, it might as well be by you. I mean, in my case, I love my children. I want to make sure that they know the things that I think is important. Now, I don't know everything. And that's part of it. I'm going to be constantly learning. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Okay, tell the listeners about your work with Mint. I'm interested in this company you started and what you're doing for postpartum women. Yeah, so that 
program that I talked about, it was a business mentorship and a coach's immersion. They had an in-person retreat last year in New York. And so my husband and I went out there and we met two other girls who were also gym owners. And we just started talking about pregnancy and postpartum in the gym. And I had actually been working with one of the girls online as well to help her recover from her postpartum. And we just talked about how there's a lack of support for that in the gym. There's a lack of education. There's a lot of fear. And it's a very vulnerable time of your life. And if you love to be fit, if you love fitness, but all of a sudden you're hearing don't lift more than 20 pounds or, or on the other side, do what you have always done. I mean, that's just so broad. So what do you do? You know? And so I had already, I got my, my master's degree. My thesis work was in return to activity postpartum. So I had already been studying a lot of that. I had already gotten a different certification in pregnancy and postpartum training. So I was really into it. And then I met these other girls who were too, and we decided to start our own company. And MINT actually stands for Motherhood in New Terms. Cool. We want to teach moms that you can still be healthy and fit and athletic and compete or, or not compete and just still be who you are and add that to being a mom. And that can just kind of help you know, create a more robust life as a mom. So our our mission in the Mint Project is to elevate trainers into professionals who specialize in supporting and guiding pregnant and postpartum women to heal, grow, and be the happiest versions of themselves. And we also put out a lot of material to help support and guide these women. We have a six-phase postpartum program that helps take you from, you know, your six week. All right, you're cleared. Go back to your exercise, you know, and it's like, um, okay, <laughs> you know, it can be very overwhelming. Uh, I've written a program that will take you from that into the fitness that you love. It's six phases. We just barely launched a pregnancy program that takes you through the second and third trimesters. And the goal is to just kind of help you maintain your strength and just keep moving and feeling good while you're pregnant in the gym. So we focus on three main things, nutrition, movement, and mindset. And those are the three main things that we support women in, in the gym, and then try and teach trainers and coaches to support their women as well. Wow. I think there is so much room for this right now. I'm not married. And so I don't, I, I don't have a lot of intimate experience with postpartum or, or kind of that experience of, I guess, bringing life into the world. But I do have friends who are married and a lot of friends who are in their late 20s, early 30s that are active, they want to do stuff. And there's a lot of fear and trepidation around childbirth. You know, it's just so draining and so intense on the human body. And so uh, I, I know for sure that there is really a lot of room and a lot of space. Women really need this right now. I mean, they've always needed it, but now there's a really good way that you can access and reach much broader audience. Yeah, and I'm so passionate about it. I mean, obviously, like I started a whole business revolving around it. And one thing that actually really drives this is when I was in college and I'm studying exercise and wellness or I'm getting my master's in sports conditioning and performance, we never focused on this very specific group that is potentially 50% of the population, right? No kidding. You know, um, or more, right? right? right. Um, potentially. And why do we not have better guidance and better, better knowledge? And something that I did learn in my master's thesis was it's because it's really hard to do studies on pregnant women. <laughs> it's like really hard, you know, to get those approved and stuff like that. And who's going to sign up for that? 
because it's not just you, it's your baby, you know? And so there's, there's still a lot of things that we do know. And what we're trying to do is clear the confusion and present you with facts so that you can use those to face the fear or the other things that are, you know, coming at you as soon as you become pregnant, you're like, is it okay to do this? Should I be doing this? You know, can I do this? So we just like to give the facts, clear the confusion and help women be safe and effective in the gym during this time of their lives because it can affect the rest of their life. Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, as you're sharing that, it made me think about what you're doing for postpartum women, I think is what parents are trying to do. I, I'm going to make it about homeschooling again, where yeah, of course. He, here are the facts. Here's what life presents to you. Here are all the options you can take. And, and you know, just allowing people to have a vision for their own life and kind of take control and have informed decision-making power is huge. And you're doing that for women in postpartum and in homeschool parents and not even in homeschool. Parents in general get to do that for their kids. And what, what a rich opportunity to shape a life that way. I, I just think it's really special. Okay, let's kind of wrap up here. Where can we send listeners to learn more about Intera? Do you have any websites, any Instagram pages? Where can we send people? Yeah, so my personalized coaching Instagram page is underscore coach.cara underscore. I just kind of put my workout, some of the things involved in my kids. I My kids come with me to the gym a lot. Right now, I'm just training out of my garage. We just sold our gym. And then for the Mint Project on Instagram, the Mint Project Project is spelled with no vowels, P-R-J-C-T. And then our website is www.themintproject.com. And that's where you can find all of our courses, our different free PDFs, educational PDFs. We host seminars. You can sign up for those on there. And that's where you can learn more about those things. Okay. Okay. So to make sure your personal coaching site is on Instagram, it's at underscore coach dot Kara underscore with a C. That's your personal coaching site. The Mint Instagram is at the Mint Project with no vowels. So P-R-J-C-T. And then your website is www.themintproject.com. Yes. Perfect. Well, I hope listeners will check that out, especially if you're postpartum. Having known Kara for, I don't know, we've been cousins our whole lives, right? (laughs) um, (laughs) I mean, just just such a strong athletic ability and awareness and always out doing something. I see your personal Instagram, you're hiking, you've got kids with you, they're at the gym, you're staying fit, you're doing like Olympic lifts, you're squatting. It's like intimidating. Am I intimidated? <laughs> so, I just think it's really great. You're doing a lot there. So. Yeah, well, it's fun. And I'm excited to incorporate those kind of things into my children's education as well. Well, thanks, Kara. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yep. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. To make sure you don't miss weekly episodes of The Homeschool Dropout, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcasting platform.